You're listening to the Wrong Station Pledge Drive. This episode was made possible with the support of our listeners on Patreon. Consider visiting patreon.com slash the wrong station for bonus episodes, behind the scenes discussions, our new book club, and so much more. Today, the wrong station is proud to present Cable by Alexander Saxton. He remembered standing in the office on shore, staring at the telegraphy cable map. The whole world bound in those red lines, islands and continents strung together like beads on a strong wire. The technological sublimeness of it, the mastery of humanity over this globe. Now, out on the grey main, all of it seemed so distant and false. For ten thousand times the distances I could see, all was tossing grey. No steady place to set foot, to even set a still craft. All just tossing strangeness. Next to him, the winch was groaning. Something on the seafloor caught, and the amber witch trembled a little. What does it mean? He spoke softly, even though the whole ocean separated their ship from anyone who could hear. Molly, the first mate, just shrugged. Could be a couple things, she said. Most likely just a little bit of extra resistance where it was buried deeper on the sea floor. And less likely? Well, you never know. Strange winds blowing down on the abyssal plain. It could be unexpected debris. He smiled. Amelia Earhart's plane or something like that. Something like that. You know, the ship we're named after, back in the 1870s, almost went under trying to repair a cable. The thought killed his smile. The thought of slipping under freezing, slate-gray waves, disappearing. And as he thought this, the winch groaned again, and the whole ship trembled. Something heavy on the line. What happened to it? Oh, well, uh, they caught a whale. Sort of. There was a place where the cable went over an underwater cliff, and a whale tried to use it to scrape off barnacles, and got tangled in the loops and drowned. The thought sickened him a little. He had seen whales up close before, the unthinkable size of them, extraordinary mass, like gods, but still so tiny in the sea. Like minnows in a lake, even their great lives worth nothing in the deep. Now the winch howled, and the ship shook violently and pitched over onto one side, so that her gunwales were only a few inches shy of plunging underneath the water's surface. Molly was shouting, and everyone was shouting, and all hands surged on deck, and the captain was shouting, What the hell is going on? And Molly was screaming that something was caught on the cable, and he, the boy who had stared in such wonder and pride at the maps back on land, grasped hold of the gunwales and stared down into the gray-black water as something massive moved up toward him at the speed of the winch. We have to cut loose, Molly shouted. Kiss our salaries goodbye? The captain's response, not on your life, it is on my life, it's on all of our... But her tirade was cut off by the boy at the gunnels, as he threw out one hand and pointed. Look, it's almost here. And out of the darkness, it coalesced, a perfect set of flukes, maybe twelve feet wide, and attached to it a tail, widening into the rotting form of a huge dead whale, all double-wrapped in coils of barrel-width thickness telegraphic cable. 
The carcass breached surface with an unbearable stink, almost sending the ship over on its other side. The sigh of tissues releasing gas in low pressure, the wet slap of rot sloughing away, the body still buoyant toward the tail and supported by the winch, the animal's head trending down toward the seabed, so decomposed and heavy with feeding half-inch sea lice that it was almost down to naked skull. None of which should have been so strange. None of which should have made a seasoned crew step forward in awed silence and stand staring at the body trailing weirdly from their ship. Not a whale's skull, but a human one, fully fifteen feet across, all but sea-bleached, grinning at the deep. Let it go. The captain said at last, Let it go. The cable can't be salvaged. And so they opened up the grapple at the winch's end. The ship rebounded on its keel. Cable and carcass struck the water with a stinking wave that spat at the crew and the smell of which would not wash out of their clothes for weeks to come. All watched as the strange carcass swam back down to its abyssal home. Swimming. Truly swimming. Or was that just an illusion of the waves? Now, listen to this, all of you. The captain's voice trembling. None of us will ever speak of this again. You understand? In years to come, the boy still looked at maps. But when he did, the lines all seemed so thin and the great dead sea would slowly spread to fill his eyes.